Welcome back to the AW Morning Podcast Show, Ancient World Morning Coffee Show. Uh, we just today we want to share. Uh, first of all, the weather is <laughs> is gray and horrible after a few very beautiful days. So it's kind of an inside mood, and we have the good Starbucks coffee, like home homemade Starbucks coffee. Uh, but we wanted to share something we were reading last night about um, the Eastern Christendom and then Constantine. And there's a very interesting historical, like. Uh, kind of dramatic uh, shift there. Also, the succession to Const- Constantine. So he he becomes the emperor, and then he moves the capital to Byzantium. He calls it the New Rome, and it becomes known as Constantinople. And uh, in large part, this is because he wants to recreate Rome in Christendom, and then the original Rome in Italy was full of pagan temples and statues and and just like infused with the, the pagan cosmology of the Romans, kind of the Greco-Roman uh, cosmology. So he moves it to Byzantium. But then when he dies in, so this is from Strickland's book, the first volume, The Age of Paradise. So when he dies in 337, he has then three sons. Interestingly, the fourth son uh, was executed by Constantine himself. He executed both his firstborn son and his one of his wives. But when he dies, he has three sons, and they are named, uh, as it says here, monotonously after the father. So their names are Constantine the second, Constantius the second, and Constance. So they were then 21, 20, and 17 at that time. So Constantine shares the empire between his three sons. But what happens is that the oldest one attacks and tries to kill the youngest one, but he fails, and then instead the youngest one kills the oldest one. So then one is gone. And then the youngest one is killed in a, in a different insurrection. So then you only have the middle one left, Constius II. And then he then becomes the emperor, Constantius. But then he knows that the empire is too big to rule by himself. So he appoints a sub-emperor, which is, he's going, going to regret very soon. Uh, he, he appoints his cousin Julian to become his sub-emperor. But then, uh, also before this, there was a, there was a, a, a worry about the, uh, the Arianism of Constantine's sons. And Arianism is interesting. This is also all over Dante that uh, there was a, a certain trend or like a theology or a school of thought or a, a approach, apprehension of the of Christendom that uh, they saw the Christ figure as solely a human being with a special connection to the divine, but they they drew the line that he was not he was not God himself. Uh, he was m- more like a, a very very special unique human being with a spiritual deep connection insight to the divine. So so that was kind of the first worry, but then you get uh, the sub-emperor Julian, and then he murders uh, Constantius. So then Julian becomes emperor, and then he renounces Christendom, and he becomes a pagan. So that's why he is called Emperor Julian the Apostate. And... It's interesting to see also like the things he are he's doing. So he talks about um, 
that he sees himself as a heroic, godlike restorer of pagandom. And he considered himself the reincarnation of Alexander the Great, who had spread Hellenism throughout the world. And then comes a bit of like the philosophical interesting bits there as well. So he shares the classical contempt for mercy and humility. So he regarded Christianity as a cultural disease that had infected the entire empire. This is very much the opening of uh, the City of God by, uh, by Augustine as well, that he it's a, it's a large part of defense towards the charge that Christianity weakened the empire and caused it to fall uh, in the 400s. So, again, back to Julian the Apostate. Uh, his cultural program based on paganism was uh, to bring healing through education and, when necessary, violence. He especially emphasized certain principles that would make paganism competitive. And one of these were charity, like taking care of the poor. So this is interesting. Like, you can just see the influence here of, in a sense, like the success of Christendom, that it starts to to rub off and, and influence the, the pagan cosmology as well. So, uh, and he also wants them to have heavenly imminence. So, uh, but in addition to this, <laughs> he also reintroduced the persecution of Christians. So... Uh, he is doing quite a few things. But it's just interesting to see how this works when, when Constantine uh, becomes the emperor. First, he allows Christendom and then he makes it the state religion. He becomes, he converts, he is a Christian, he moves the capital. But then it, in his succession with first his sons, kind of is waning with his sons in that very brief period. And then the next one just uh, stops it and reverts, reverses it. So um, that's just a little historical input for the morning. And um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. So um, if you have any questions, any thoughts, just um, you can contact us. You can email us at theburningphoenix at thesubstack.com. And um, hope you still have a great morning, good cup of coffee. And um, we'll see you again in another episode. Mm-hmm.